Bullet Cast for life. Get up, get up! This is a revolution! This is our time to rise! Look deep within your mind, look deep into the Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold. And yes, I am still your current reigning defending Bullet Cash champion. Just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby! This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed. F-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-f-
We'll talk about that once we talk about AEW Dynamite. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are to host the quest for lost WWE treasures on A&E. They're going to be looking for lost WWE memorabilia. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on that? I am intrigued, but also a little skeptical on exactly what it's going to be. Because, you know, when it's Triple H and Stephanie, it's a WWE project on the quote-unquote mainstream. I'm a little uh, leery that it might be kind of a propaganda machine about showing about how great WWE is and all the work they do. But that being said, I love, you know, memorabilia, be it wrestling, sports, whatever. I kind of like the treasure hunting shows a little bit, but... uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll get a kind of a glimpse into the real-life, quote-unquote, personalities of Triple H and Stephanie. And overall, I'll definitely check it out. But I think there's going to be some WWE propaganda sprinkled in throughout. WWE propaganda is what makes the world go round. All right, moving on from that, Alberto Dario, Alberto Del Patron, has been arrested for sexual assault. Uh, he needs help, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I can say. That is all I can say. Brandon, any thoughts on this one? This isn't the first time he's been in trouble. Probably won't be the last. There was rumor and innuendo that maybe he was going to come back to WWE. But after this, pretty sure it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen either. All right, June 7th, NXT TakeOver in your house. Brandon, you're the, you're the NXT guy. Triple H and Shawn Michaels announced it last night. What are your thoughts on that? It's an interesting uh, gimmick, even though In Your House in and of itself isn't really a gimmick pay-per-view. It was just kind of the off-brand pay-per-views out of the outside the big four. So I don't exactly know if NXT is going to do anything with it. You know, Maybe they'll have a different setup, kind of go back in the day where they had the house entrance. But, uh, I mean, it's something different. They kind of, during these times, need to kind of switch things up because they can't just do TakeOver Houston or San Jose, which we were never... We never got thanks Saudis, but anyways, I mean it's it's fine. I don't exactly know you know what kind of matches will be on it as of this moment, but hopefully you know kind of the restrictions might be lifted, so maybe we can get a little bit more of the uh, the international talent in on the card. But I'm intrigued to see what they do. Absolutely. You know what else was intriguing? Undertaker: The Last Ride Part One. The footage was from WrestleMania 33, 2017, three years ago. And it's following the Undertaker. You see, like Chris Jericho in the uh, in the little dock, and he's talking about how cameras don't follow him around, so something's up. And you know, this was supposed to be the Undertaker, like the last ride, you know, pun intended there. But as what we're going to see in part two, Taker was not happy with his performance in the match against Roman Reigns, you know, and then that w- that's what led him to come back because he didn't want that to be the last thing we saw as fans. What's your takeaways from Undertaker last ride? I thought it was an interesting look into the Undertaker character, Mark Calloway as a person. It's something that we never really see. Undertaker was kind of the last holdout of breaking kayfabe. It's kind of nice because we also have the Michael Jordan last dance going on, the last dance, last ride. I don't know if there was any uh, synergy or kind of copying the Michael Jordan documentary. But it's very similar because Michael Jordan is someone who doesn't do a whole lot of interviews and now he's kind of sitting down doing this long-form thing. Undertaker is someone we've never seen in this light before. He's still hasn't given Stone Cold the promised interview he said he was going to do after WrestleMania 30, so we're still waiting on that, even though technically, you know, we got the WWE Network version, but uh, overall, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what they do continuing on and kind of the different looks into The Undertaker's life. Absolutely, you know, the it's a five-part series, it's it's uh, it's good. 
I can't wait till they get to the part where they talk about, you know, the Goldberg match and Goldberg, like, really almost seriously hurting The Undertaker. That was that was very interesting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, we haven't talked about all of them. We still have to talk about Dino Bravo and Herb Abrams. We'll get to those eventually. But the Road Warriors, wow, what a rush. Hawk and Animal dominated the tag team divisions in Japan and NWA, WCW, and then they went over to WWE. And yeah, you know, you, you find out about the, the trials and tribulations Hawk really had, you know, steroids, coke, uh, hard alcohol, and then later on in his life, before he died, he, he found the Lord, and you know, he got clean, and unfortunately his heart just kind of gave out on him when he was moving, moving heavy pieces of furniture out of his house, moving into a new home to start a, a new life with his wife, and unfortunately he passed away from all the years of, of, of hard partying. So this this was really good. I mean, you see a Road Warrior Animals in it. You see Paul L. Rings in it. Uh, the guy who played Repo Man, and he was, uh, I think he was, I think it was Smash and Demolition. You see him in it. Uh, so what, what are your what are your thoughts on this episode of Dark Side of the Ring, Brandon? I thought it was another great episode of Dark Side of the Ring, and they've really been hitting their strides. I think they've been like constantly getting like the best or second best ratings in the entire series. So definitely word of mouth is travel that this is a good show to check out. And overall, I thought they had a nice collection of people to talk about it. And I think the Road Warriors in general are kind of maybe not an underrated tag team because I think people understand about how great they were. But I just think when it comes to the outside the WWF Road Warriors, I think people just don't really understand how over and how big of a deal they actually were. I know, actually scaring people in Japan. And then they talked about how, you know, um, once in a generation there'll be a tag team that and then others will come along and there'll be a carbon copy of them. Most notably the Ascension was... A carbon copy of the uh, of the Road Warriors. They had shoulder pads, but didn't have spikes on them. Ooh, it's different. But yeah, uh, I thought this was a really great one. Uh, the next week is what we've all really been waiting for. The Owen Hart episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Brandon, what do you think we can expect from that? I haven't exactly seen... I kind of forget about who exactly is in the Owen Hart documentary, but I mean, I would assume there's going to be some, maybe some ousted people from WWE. I don't think WWE is going to really want to talk about or be a part of this documentary all that much, but uh, overall, I mean, it's, I mean, with Chris Benoit, the Owen Hart situation is probably one of those two that is kind of the first dark side of the wrestling world that really comes to mind. And I mean, we've talked about the uh, Montreal screw job to death with the, Owen Hart situation, you know, people kind of know exactly, you know, they kind of know what happened, but they don't exactly know kind of the behind the scenes of what happened to go into that uh, unfortunate accident. Yeah, I mean, his wife, Martha, I, I, I got a little uh, sneak peek. She's going to talk about how she went to the arena uh, where Owen died, and she's going to actually walk the catwalk to kind of figure out what what went wrong. So that's, that's a fascinating piece of it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to uh, not Dark Side of the Ring, but this day in wrestling in your house, 1995, uh, Diesel retains the WWE title against Sid Vicious. ECW Hardcore Heaven, uh, Jason Credible retains the ECW title against uh, Lance Storm. SmackDown or Justin Credible. Justin Credible. Did I say Jason? I meant Justin. You said Jason. Sorry. Uh, SmackDown 2002, Hurricane Helms wins the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Chris Sabin wins the X Division title in 2003. Chris Sabin, great talent. I wonder, wonder what happened to him. All right, Teenage Sacrifice 2006, 
Abyss versus Christian Cage for the NWA title. Vader would have been 65 years old today. And woo, 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 the former Zack Ryder is 35 years old. Also, Dr. Death Steve Williams would have had a birthday today. And the 24-7 champion Gronk, his birthday is today. Happy birthday to all those gentlemen. Any thoughts Happy on any of that? Happy birthday to everybody. wonder when Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, will do on the NEC. Probably be with uh, Kurt Hawkins and do something on that on the East Coast as a tag team. You know, they might. They, they very well might. All right, well, let's get into it. Fan mail. Alfie Lewis. The look on Seth's face Monday was because Becky told him she was on the pill. Uh, come to find out, she lied. Sorry, bro. After that, she belongs to the streets now. Wow. That's a... Hot take. That's, that's, that's a very interesting email. Jack of all trades. Seth's performance on Monday night was stupendous. Cold, dark, blank stare. And then, like an undisputed era, boom. A shift in state and a sadistic attack on Rey Mysterio. Well done by the Messiah. That was a really good email. I like that. I like that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it rolling. We have another one. Hootie Who four twenty. Hootie Who. Uh, Mates, Dynamite had a hot start this week. Not only does Cody have to win the title uh, when he faces Archer, but he also has to get his hands on Jake Roberts. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. That was that was good stuff. I, I like I like where that's going. All right, now we have to go to the Instagram DMs. You know who hits us up here in Brightest Day X. Uh, first off, gotta say. Uh, Mazel, Mazel Tov to Becky and Seth. The man is now the mom. Now that Asuka is the champ again, are we seeing her rise back to the dominance, or is she going to be a transitional champ till Shayna comes calling? Do you think so, Brandon? Think she's going to be a transitional champion? I don't exactly think she's going to be a, tra- a transitional champ. I think if they wanted Shayna to be the champ, I think they would have just put it on her in that match. It was kind of interesting that Shayna really didn't get that much of a spotlight in the match. But, I mean, Asuka definitely has been on Raw, you know, filling up television time. I think they really like the character she is. I don't know if she's going to continue being a heel or if maybe this is going to be a transition to a face because there's not a lot of top faces really on Raw at this point besides, like, I mean, Liv Morgan is kind of the only one that really comes to mind, and she's definitely not ready for that uh, spotlight. Absolutely. All right, last up, will Otis cash in and become champion, or will Dolph screw him out of it? What I want to see is Otis put it on the line against Dolph, and then Dolph wins. Dolph wins the money in the bank from Otis. I'd, I'd love to see that. And then how poetic would it be Drew McIntyre is going on this run as the champion, and his former tag partner cashes in on him to become the champion? Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Tell me about it, man. That's good. That's good-ish, pal. Yeah, with Otis being the Money in the Bank winner, I don't exactly know where he fits in with two babyface champions. He could, you know, go and cash in on the IC title or the US title, but I just don't think you want to do that. You want to keep it on the main titles. One thing is possibly, they didn't really bring this up on Rob, but AJ Styles technically kind of had it in his grasp. And so we could have an argument that he should be the rightful winner. So I don't know if maybe you want to go down that route, especially now that they're doing these kind of interbrand matches, which uh, we'll talk about a little bit later, I assume. But, I mean, AJ versus Otis could be a kind of interesting feud going forward into Backlash and kind of, you know, have it up for grabs. And maybe AJ gets it that way and faces Drew at SummerSlam or something. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. All right. <clears throat> the Raw Recap. 
Becky Lynch comes out, and she asks Oscar to come out there, and they open up the briefcase, and the woman's title's in there. Becky's like, you didn't just win the Money in the Bank, you won the uh, Women's Championship. Oscar's awarded the Raw Women's title, because Becky Lynch is pregnant, she's going to go be a mom. Seriously, congratulations to Seth and Becky. Who knew, right? Who, who would have thought? Yeah, congratulations to them. Technically, there might be a uh, – she might have actually wrestled WrestleMania while pregnant. So, you know, I think Bec- Becky Lynch's baby might actually beat out uh, – oh, my God, I'm completely blanking Paige. on the kid's name. Paige. No, the kid's name. Oh, what kid? From WrestleMania. Oh, Nicholas. Ron Strowman's tag team. Nicholas, there we go. Becky Lynch's unborn child beat out Nicholas for the youngest champion ever at WrestleMania. There you go. What are your thoughts on Becky being pregnant, man? I mean, congratulations to them. I, you know, obviously, I'm not going to speculate if this was, you know, planned or unplanned. But obviously, I mean, good for her. But this definitely is going to, uh, you know, take a hit on the business side for WWE. You know, you got Roman out, you got Becky out. You know, Kevin Owens is out. Uh, even Sami Zayn, I know he's not really the top guy, but you know, a lot of the uh, top people, especially on the Raw side, are kind of out at this point. And Becky was kind of the golden goose for the women's division, especially on Raw. So with her being gone and, you know, winning all these matches, you know, obviously, I mean, I would assume this wasn't really in the plans because of the WrestleMania match. If, you know, Becky was speculating maybe she was pregnant, that Shayna probably would have won. But overall, I mean, Becky, who knows? I mean, I've heard rumors that maybe that she wants to come back, but you never know once, you know, you get pregnant, you go through all that, you have the child, and then it kind of puts everything into perspective, and maybe she doesn't come back, or maybe she does, but it's kind of, you know, a one-off, and, you know, she's not always wrestling a full-time schedule, so maybe she'll be back by next SummerSlam, or maybe two years WrestleMania. We just don't really know at this point. Absolutely, we don't really know. Um, speaking of Sami Zayn, I'll just throw it in here. Uh, I guess Sami Zayn has decided to stay in quarantine, so he's been stripped of the Intercontinental Championship, and they'll be having a tournament starting tomorrow night on SmackDown to determine who will be the new Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. It can really be anybody at this point. I don't have a real defining, you know, person that could really do it, but maybe Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, Dana Bryan... Not a lot of choices over there on SmackDown. Oh, that'd be nice. I'd like to see Sheamus and Jeff feud for the IC title. And Jeff, will, if he wins it, it'll be his fifth one. And Sheamus, that he'll complete he'll complete the Grand Slam if he if he does that becomes not an Intercontinental Champion. But moving back to Oscar, I mean, Oscar joined Bailey in becoming the only woman that has won the Raw and SmackDown Women's Titles, the NXT Women's Title, the Women's Tag Titles, and the money in the bank. I guess that's considered the grand slam, so to speak, for the women. But she's also won the Royal Rumble. So does that make Asuka the super grand slam? Being the baseball person, I was trying to think of some baseball equivalent, but I just couldn't. Yeah. Congratulations to Asuka. Uh, The only woman in history that's ever done any of that. That's awesome. That's so awesome. What a resume, right? What a resume. Let her go over to NXT UK and win the NXT UK Women's title. Then she's on unparalleled GOAT status. Yeah. You would think- and then let her win the NXT Japan ch- Championship because, you know, WWE and NXT is going to take over the world and just run everything. You would think Charlotte would have accomplished all of these things, but no. She has not. Well, 
Wow. She just can't hold on to a title, so she has like 20 reigns. Hey, 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 hey. Come on now. It's like me. I'm the Charlotte of this podcast. It's okay, dude. It's You're okay. the Becky Lynch. Hey, man, you know, you, you just got to know the business. Just got to have your ear, your ear to the wall. This is why I listen to Sam Roberts. I listen to him. I make these predictions. I, I retain the title for a long time. Maybe you should just do that too, man. I don't want to copy anybody's picks. I want to go. I'm not copying. I'm not copying. I'm not copying picks. He picked Otis to win. I didn't pick Otis to win. I picked what was it? AJ. Yeah. I mean, come on now, man. Well, you should have won with Otis. I, I should have won with Otis. Yeah. You know, Jesus, it would have been a grand slam. Hey, see what I did there? All right. Bobby Lashley defeats Humberto Carrillo. Um, it happened. That's about it. It did happen. I mean, with. Bobby Lashley kind of getting this sustained push. I think obviously they're rebuilding him to be a content or will be a contender for the uh, Universal Title. Don't know if it's going to be right now. They kind of set up Gender with the, a promo, so maybe Gender will be the next person. But uh, you know, you definitely can see that Lashley is you know on the come up and probably going to face Drew later on down the line. Yeah, they could have a nice little. They could set up Lashley and then Gender. Just have a nice little. A couple people lined up to face Drew. I like that. All right, Angel Garza defeats Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa is like 0-12 on Monday Night Raw. What's going on, man? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I just say this every single week. Why is Tozawa losing every single match he has on Raw? And then when it comes to him being in the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, he's like, you know, one of the top guys. And it's just, I don't know if it's bad synergy, if it's just available talent. So Tozawa is there, so he loses all the time, but... It's just, it's really bad. Maybe he should just stop showing up to Monday Night Raw. Maybe he'll do better on SmackDown. You never know, man. You never know. All right, what else happened on Monday Night Raw? Drew McIntyre, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, defeats Andrade, the champion of our country. This is like the fifth match these guys have had together, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the age we're living in right now where they don't have a lot of talent to work with so i kind of going back to this match maybe one too many times especially with andrade being the champion i'm not a big fan of the lower level champion losing all the time to the main event champion but i mean every time they seem they have a, a good match you know they have good chemistry dating back to nxt but I, I hope this is the last time we see it for a while just because andrade i mean it feels like ever since he came back he's been losing a lot of matches and i think he's a guy that you can really build up and be a, a productive player for that roster absolutely uh it's, it, it's okay you know when Dolph was U.S. champ he, he would lose a lot but he won when it mattered when the title was on the line so you know maybe, maybe that's all that really matters Brandon you know you know do you know mm. Mm. the Iconics they made their return to WWE TV you know it was a moment of bliss Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss the Iconics came back basically they want the women's tag team titles they had a match against Cross and Bliss, and the Iconics win. I loved it. I love seeing Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Love, love all of it. Brandon, do you love it? Do you love it? Do you love all of it? You know I love all of it. I mean, I got caught thirst trapped in the other last episode watching uh, Peyton Royce do her TikTok dances. So you know I love me Iconics and you know Thicky Cross and uh, Alexa Bliss. You know, best segment of all time. But I mean, it is good to see the Iconics back with the tag team division. I mean, there's not really that many women's tag team people in the roster right now, especially with Asuka being a singles champ. 
I think the Iconics, I don't know why they were gone for so long. They weren't injured. They were just weren't being used. So, I mean, it's good for them to be back and the champions bouncing back and forth, which they were supposed to do to begin with. So I don't have a big problem with that. But uh, the Iconics getting the win over the champions, which is something we've seen a lot recently where the champion or the challengers getting a win over the champions non-title just so they have a reason to face for the titles. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the logic of World Wrestling Entertainment. All right, R-Truth, Cedric Alexander, Ricochet. They defeat Montel, Vontavious, Porter, Shane Thorne, and Brendan Vink. Hmm. Hmm. It happened. 50-50 booking for you. It happened. Technically, this isn't 50-50 booking. There are two other gentlemen added into this scenario. So does that make it like 25% booking? 123% chance! I'm sorry. I was getting into my standard math. Uh, I, I guess you could say that, Brandon. I guess you could. All right, now we have to talk about this. This was beautiful. This was absolutely amazing. So, Seth Rollins has this blank stare on his face all night. It's probably because, you know, Becky, Becky's pregnant. Oh, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, so he and Murphy, he and Murphy, sorry, are facing Rey Mysterio and... His uh, buddy Murphy. Yes. Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy are facing Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black, who... Landed six feet below the top of Titan Tower onto the second onto a second roof. So that's how they survived, ladies and gentlemen. Thank thank God. Thank God that roof was there. Thank God. Anyway, so it's basically a handicap match for the majority of the match because Seth just has this blank stare on him, and then all of a sudden he snaps out of it and then just assaults Alistair Black, and then he he blinds Rey Mysterio. He takes Rey's head. And he presses his eye up against the steel step. And the look on Seth's face. Oh my god. What a performance. Ray's eye is bleeding. It's bleeding. Oh Jesus. What, 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 what a performance by the Messiah. From one Messiah to another. Oscar worthy performance. I loved it. Brennan, what would you think? I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a nice, uh, you know, added dimension to Seth Rollins' character. That being said, it is kind of awkward the position Seth is in because he's kind of the top heel at the moment. And it is WWE canon that Seth and Becky are together. They acknowledged it briefly with Rey Mysterio. I don't think you have to exactly turn him babyface. I think you just kind of can ignore it and just kind of, you know, not acknowledge that him and Seth, him and Becky are together. So, I mean, but besides that, I think the performance that he did was very, you know, very intense and but going to the match itself, all Seth did was like attack or you know beat up Ray a little bit. I think while he was even the legal man, and he got a D DQ for that. So definitely setting up a, a precedent for what a DQ actually is. But overall, very intense promo. Probably going to see Ray Mysterio rocking the eye patch of John Moxley. Ask him maybe we bring back the old school Ray Mysterio uh, mask with the holes filled with the eye holes filled in. Oh, that'd be great. Why is Ray always getting messed up? I mean. When he was on that uh, stretcher and he got slammed into the pole, I was by, I was by Big Show or Brock Lesnar, and Eddie used to mess him up all the time, and Batista's messed him up a, a little bit. Why Ray Ray always getting messed up, man? Because he's a little guy and he's very sympathetic. Absolutely. All right, basketball game. The Street Profits they face <laughs> the Viking War Raider Experience in basketball. Uh, this might be the greatest basketball game I've ever seen since you know the NBA shut down. This this is this is high octane basketball man this is high octane hooping what are your thoughts my thoughts is i thought that this was 
trash, as a lot of people thought as well. I mean, they just really prolonged it. They had it like, I don't know, three or four segments sprinkled out throughout the entire show. And it was just awkward, corny. I mean, if you wanted to have like a shoot basketball game, I mean, that could have been a little bit of fun. But when it was just so heavily edited and, you know, you can kind of gimmick the ending, obviously, to get the point across. But I just thought that, you know, the Viking Raiders playing dumb and then shooting the half courts with the clearly edited, you know, shots. And it was just all bad. Clearly edited. They made those shots. What are you talking about? Did you not see them make those shots? I, co- I mean, come well, on. Well, it was just bad camera work. I mean, come on. Like, you, you, we all know Bron Bron can't ball like the Viking Raiders. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What? What? Look, I would love, I would love to see the Viking Raiders go up against, I don't know, Pippin and Rodman in their heyday. You know? Lo- I'd love to see it. Absolutely love to see. No, Michael. No, Michael. No, no, Michael. We want to get crazy. We 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 don't want to get crazy. You know, Michael's gonna give them their last dance. You know what I'm saying? All right. Anyway, moving on. Shayna Baszler defeats Natalia. Shayna Baszler, uh, very very interesting throughout the episode. She said, you know, that kid's gonna suck. Look at who her f- mother is. Look at who her dad is. Or look at who its mother and father are. Uh, Shayna Baszler, in- interesting performance throughout the night. Fantastic promo by Shayna Baszler. Absolutely loved it. Uh, her and Natty have a, a good match. I mean, I think her and Natty have had a few matches before on television, so they have good chemistry. But overall, you know, definitely planting that Shayna Baszler is a definite heel. And I think if Asuka turns back babyface and her against Shayna, could be a fun feud going forward. That, that would be nice. It would be very nice. All right. The Rated R Superstar Edge returns to WWE since WrestleMania and the last man standing match he had with Randy Orton. And Edge talks about what's next for him. Orton comes out there and he says, you know, you were the better man. He shakes his, he doesn't shake his hand, but he just says that and he walks away. But then he gets back in there and he's like, you know what, you, you were the better brawler at WrestleMania, but you weren't the better wrestler. So at Backlash, looks like we're going to get Edge versus Randy Orton in a wrestling match. Once again, Edge and Orton have fantastic chemistry together. Uh, I like Orton's delivery. I kind of wish that they had th- that they would use this gimmick more often in wrestling. That oh, you know, you beat me in this you know hate hardcore match, but I'm the better wrestler and blah 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 blah, and just do that. But the one thing I didn't like is Edge being like kind of shook that Orton challenged him to a wrestling match, even though that's kind of the whole point of Edge being back is for him to be in wrestling matches. So why is Edge, you know, kind of cowering to Orton and doing that? Like, you don't have to, you know, go out and cut this five-minute-long passionate promo by Edge. Just say, like, sure, just, you know, say some just quick and throw away, and you can add more layers to it later on. I just didn't like how Edge came across at the end of that segment. I... 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 I kind of understand why he was shook, you know, because, I mean, Randy basically said it, you know, you, you hid behind 29 other people in a, in a Royal Rumble, and in the match we had, you know, there were a lot of bells and whistles, you know, you could, you could hide behind that, but just getting in there and wrestling and bumping and running the ropes, like, can, can you really do that, you know, at, at, at the level you used to? We saw a little bit But of- in a shoot manner, isn't a hardcore match a lot more dangerous than a regular wrestling match? That's true, but if you but we saw it, it didn't look to be that dangerous. It was a lot of punching and and kicks and 
and elbows and forearms. It wasn't like a, a, a falling off of the side of the stage or falling off a of hell in the cell. Like, it wasn't anything drastic like that. The most drastic thing was being hung by uh, weightlifting equipment. Oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. But, you know, that, that that's basically... And I think he, Edge jumped off of a ladder. I think that was it. You know, there, there wasn't nothing dastardly in that match. So, yeah. I'm excited to see them in a wrestling match. Brandon, who do you think is the better wrestler between Edge and Orton? That is a very good question, because I think they're very similar, maybe not in terms of actual skill set or, you know, what they do in the ring, but I think just kind of on the same level. I mean, technical prowess and stuff, maybe Randy Orton, just because he's kind of a little more old school and kind of, I mean, a lot of wrestlers will say like, oh, Orton's the best wrestler just because he's really easy to work with and do all that stuff. Edge obviously made his name for himself in those hardcore TLC matches. Doesn't take anything away from him in the ring. I mean, I think Edge is a really good wrestler in his own right, but, you know, coming from the Randy Orton hater, quote unquote, I probably would give the edge to Randy Orton. You'd give the edge to Randy Orton? Didn't even mean to say that. Look at you. I see you. I'm just like Becky. I love the puns. hey There you go. All right. We're going to talk about AEW. Dynamite! Here we go. The recap. Cody Rhodes makes a run-in and the Nightmare. I'm going to call it the Nightmare Mobile. I'm going to just call it that. Suited up. Booted up. Hands taped, he's ready to go at Archer and Jake the Snake was in the ring cutting a promo. And he and Archer, they brawl for a little bit. And he wants to get his hands on Jake, but he's unsuccessful. Obviously, after what Roberts did to Cody's wife last week, laying the snake on her, Damian Jr. Um, I forgot who sent the email, but they said it was a hot start. What are your thoughts? I'm kind of iffy on this segment. I thought the Jake promo and brawling... I thought it was really good, but I thought in between when Cody brought the car or the truck out, I mean, maybe it would translate a lot better if it was, oh, I think the mailman's here. I think it would translate a lot better if there, if, you know, there was a crowd there and the truck and everything. I just thought that was a little bit corny. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I thought it was fine. thought it was fine. I, they got the point across. You know this—it's really picked up now. This, this is more than just about the title now. It's about Cody avenging his wife, and it has to pay off with him getting his hands on Jake Roberts. The question is, what can Jake Roberts actually take in, at his age, and especially, you know, what his body's been through? I think you can kind of work around that. You can just give him a, maybe Brandy comes out, gives him a low blow, and that's it. I think you can take a bionic elbow. There we go. Crossroads. Crossroads, absolutely. All right, tell us about the best friends while I take this phone call real quick. Well, as Philip goes and answers the Bullocast hotline, we had the best friends with Orange Cassidy in their corner, taking on the Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt in their corner. Good back-and-forth tag team match, as you would expect, and we got the return of Ray Phoenix, he attacks Orange Cassidy on the stage, setting up a match between Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy next week. And both of them are going to be in the casino ladder match. Winner gets a championship, a AEW championship match later on down the line. I mean, this is kind of par for the course. This kind of you know back and forth 
good match. I think with the, I really enjoyed the finish because with two babyface teams, uh, I think it was kind of a good. I mean, if you're gonna have a smallish finish, I think that it was good because the best friends who ended up getting the win didn't exactly, uh, you know, cheat to win, but they were helped. But it, they weren't really, you know, directly involved in it with MJF attacking. Uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt getting attacked and Orange Cassidy, you know, everyone kind of got theirs, but the people who ended up winning didn't actually, you know, weren't involved in the cheating itself. So I thought it was kind of a good overall, you know, not the, you know, it's a, it's a smallish finish, but in the end, I thought it all worked out well. Absolutely. It all did work out well. I got a phone call from work. Oh, Jesus. I, f- I forgot something. Hmm. Let's finish up the podcast, though. Uh, best friends, I love their theme song. Uh, tell me why Ray Phoenix coming out of nowhere and kicking Orange Cassidy in the head is my new favorite thing. Absolutely love it. You know, 2020 hit me like bam. I, I lo- loved everything about it. Uh, Jurassic Express, nice to see Jungle Boy, Bay Area native. Nice to see him um, back back amongst the AEW roster. Moving on, it was the fatal four-way for the number one contendership for the AEW Women's Championship. Akaru Shida defeats Super Bad. Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, and Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, this is kind of clunky, I'm not going to lie, you know. So some of the spots looked a little rough, but uh, Hikaru Shida, she got the job done. I think she was our pick to, to win this whole thing. And then the aftermath of uh, Nyla Rose just smacking her in the head with a kendo stick. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Thoughts on the clunkiness of this match and Shida going up against Rose. Yeah, you kind of said it. This was a clunky match. Uh, Sheeta was kind of the favorite going in, which obviously she won. And they set up a match between Britt Baker and uh, Chris Statlander. I'd like a little addition to Britt putting on the glove before doing the uh, her finisher, her lockjaw finisher, because you know, gotta keep, gotta you know, be, be safe out there and take power precautions. So I did enjoy that, and I did kind of get a chuckle at the, uh, you know, found your kendo stick biatch. Absolutely. All right, moving on from that, Damascus, Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> he and Kenny Omega, one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, defeat proud and powerful Satana and Ortiz. They're a part of Chris Jericho's inner circle. Yeah, Hardy throwing out twist of fates galore, V-triggers, Santana overselling it like a mofo. You gotta love it. Yeah, another good tag team match here with Hardy and Omega losing last week to Jericho and Guevara. I kind of expected them to get the win here. Not exactly 50-50 booking, but I think with Omega, especially since he is the tag team champion, I think you need to protect him a little bit coming out of the loss, and they beat the... Uh, so I'm not you know, completely against the makeshift tag team beating the more well-established tag team in this match. Yeah, it's okay, man. It's all right. It is absolutely all right, you know? There's, a, there's not much that you can say about it, you know? Absolutely. Alright, moving on from it. We have Maxwell Jacob Friedman defeating Lee Johnson. MJS first match since his hangnail injury. Also the cut shaving. I know what he means, man. I, uh, I cut myself shaving as well, Brandon. Cut out a nice chunk of my head. Is that why on your Mother's Day photo there was a nice old... Nelly Band-Aid on the top of your head? Yeah, uh, in Brightest Day X, thought I, ha- I bladed before, which te- technically I did. It was, it was a few days ago, I was shaving my head, and I was like, I'm bleeding. I'm like, huh? I'm like, oh, man. Look at that chunk of skin in the razor. Yep. 
I'm okay, though, ladies and gentlemen. I survived. Obviously, I survived. I'm, I'm here talking to you. But, uh, yeah, it was not fun. It was not fun. Not fun. Not, not fun. But Maxwell Jacob Friedman defeating Lee Johnson, that was fun. Good. Well, Bullet Cast Hotline's ringing. I hung up on him. Jesus, Jesus. But uh, I thought it was a good squash match. MJF wins pretty decisively. You know, does a promo afterwards. He says he's going to face Marco Stunt next week. Enjoyed all of it. Absolutely. All right. Chris Jericho defeats Pineapple Pete. Or what, what's his name? Shug D. Is that what his name is? Yeah. Uh, it, it was fun. It was cool. He got hit with a Judas effect. And then after that, Chris Jericho murders Vanguard 1. R.I.P. Vanguard 1 was 2016 to, uh, to 2020. May he forever rest in peace. Yeah, sad moment in the wrestling uh, industry. I, I hope that, you know, season 3, they'll have a, a dark side of the ring of Vanguard 1. Not to, you know, diminish all the other stories, but this this was a sad moment. It was, you know. It absolutely was. So this has to lead to a one-on-one match with Jericho and uh, Matt Hardy at, at Double or Nothing, right? Well, it won't because they challenged the inner circle, that is, challenged the elite to a stadium stampede match. Ah, Don't right. exactly know what the hell that is. That's right. But it should be a lot of fun. That's still taking place at Daly's place, though, right? Yes, so yeah, they just yeah. right next door. The Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium's right there. I would assume that means Hangman's coming back. The Bucks are coming back. We're gonna get the whole squad together. Cody, Cody's, Cody's. Uh, oh no, Matt Hardy will take Cody's place because Cody's wrestling for the TNT title that night. There you go. There you go. Mm, stadium Stampede match. I, I like that. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I think that's gonna be something very interesting. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on Pineapple Pete? I really enjoyed Pineapple Pete. I thought they did a good job setting up the match. He cut a good promo. I also watched the the Road 2 or whatever, you know, some of the YouTube stuff they put out there. And I think he uh, did a really good job. It kind of made me want to watch this match. And then, you know, Pineapple Pete kind of starts off hot. And then Jericho just cuts him off with the Judas effect. And, I mean, I'm not disappointed. It was kind of an- not anticlimactic, but kind of out of nowhere. And, obviously, they're not going to do anything with Pineapple Pete going forward. And Jericho getting the win, establishing dominance makes a lot of sense and puts them over, especially going into the double or nothing match. Absolutely. All right. Brody Lee defeats CD Christopher Daniels. CD got a, got quite a bit of offense in here, but um, all in all, the discus lariat would do CD in. And then all the goons start coming in and SCU's trying to fight them off. And then Moxley makes his run in and starts taking, taking them out here and there. And then isn't Moxley facing number 10 next week? He will be facing number 10 next week. Which is uh, Preston Preston Vance. We've seen him here at uh, All Pro Wrestling. I'm excited. No clue. Really? You, you don't remember? Is that the guy who I said he was doing half reps and then he yelled at me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. You know, he came out to Logic's balling theme. Anyway, uh, Brody Lee was wearing John Moxley's AEW world title to the ring. Big no-no. Moxley comes in and tries to get his uh, championship back. Everybody beats him down. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't, you know, a super hot ending to the show, but I, I really did enjoy uh, Moxley's promo at the end. Just, you know, kind of saying, you can run, but you can't hide. I'm going to get my title eventually. I'm going to beat you down to double or nothing. 
Absolutely. All right, Superstar Spotlight, who do we got? Who do we got? Uh, Chris Jericho, I give it to him for getting rid of that disgusting thing called Vanguard 1. We don't need drones in society, ladies and gentlemen. They're brainwashing you when they fly over your homes. We don't need them. Congratulations to Chris Jericho. He's a god. He is the best in the world, goddammit. Well, everyone's congratulating Becky Lynch and talking about, you know, the career she's had up until this point. I'm going to give the superstar spotlight to Shayna Baszler, cutting that just ridiculous heel promo, just squashing everything. You know, all the happiness and joy from Becky Lynch's pregnancy announcement, just coming in and just putting a damper on the room. I thought that was just amazing. Absolutely. All right, our promo pick of the week, Triple H calls out Mick Foley from SmackDown, January 13th, 2000. This is leading up into the Royal Rumble match, that awesome match that they had in the Garden. Uh, WWE Untold, they had they had one on the network about the rivalry between Mick Foley and uh, uh, Triple H during that time from uh, the Royal Rumble to No Way Out. Those two matches, and you know it it, it was a good it was a good uh, documentary. I highly um, think you should go watch it, and I really do think you should go you know watch uh, those matches those matches back because they were physical, they were brutal. You know, Triple H talks about you know how we got suplexed onto the um, the the wood and how there was a big chunk of it sticking out of his leg and he didn't realize how deep it went. Then he pulls it out and his boots just heavy, full of blood. Like it was a battle. It was brutal. And you get some behind the scenes footage. So that just goes to show WWE they were recording behind the scenes even all the way back then. They didn't just start doing that stuff recently. So I'm I'm really excited to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, Mick Foley and Triple H, you know, really helped uh, catapult Triple H into that next level, going from Shawn Michaels' buddy and kind of being, you know, the middle of the card guy to really the main eventer that he has been, for better or for worse, for the last 20 years. And as you said, you know, the matches that they had in early 2000 was fantastic. And uh, shout out to my boy Wade Keller. He had Mick Foley on his podcast, I think, a few weeks ago. He talked a little bit about it. So Mick Foley definitely, with this whole Triple H 25-year celebration, Mick Foley definitely uh, needs to be in that conversation about what he did with Triple H. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, tell us about our closed match pick of the week, Brandon. Well, our closed match pick of the week, of course, we got to go with Becky Lynch. We got... The TLC match from 2018. This was the main event for the SmackDown Women's Championship. A TLC match. Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Becky Lynch. We also get a run-in from Ronda Rousey. Obviously, this sets up the women's main event, WrestleMania 35. And I think this was the last time I ever saw Becky Lynch live in person because this was in San Jose. Yes, it was. Uh, we didn't. Uh, no, we didn't go to the SmackDown after that Raw in the Chase Center, huh? No, we did not. We or was she at that Raw in the Chase Center? She, she might have been. She might have been. I don't know. I, I can't. La, maybe last match I ever saw. I can't remember. Yes, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, this was good. I remember the the pop when Oscar won. It was cool. It was exciting. I loved being a part of it. Uh, I went with my good buddy Vinny. So that, that, those those were those were good times. But uh, yeah, man, that, that was great stuff. All it's a nice little you know circle around. Oscar wins the championship. Becky goes in and you know, unfortunately, didn't get the job done. Yeah, well, well, you know, things happen. Things happen. All right, follow us on Twitter, at BulletCast, Instagram, The BulletCast, YouTube channel, The BulletCast. Email us, BulletCast2 is in the number two, sweet, S-W-E-T at gmail.com. Every, every night in Watsonville, K-Dub, 99.9 FM, K-Dub. There we go. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, Patreon. We're all over the damn place. Uh, my interview did not happen. Uh, it's going to be rescheduled for a couple of weeks. You know, things happen. 
Um, people have to do other things, you know, during during quarantine. So hopefully, when that do- eventually when that does happen, it's going to be really good. It gives me more time to prepare and give you guys the best content I possibly can as a uh, journalist and as a person who covers professional wrestling. Uh, Brandon, so when is your supposed graduation or whatever is going to happen? Well, I mean, technically, school ends next Thursday, and I was supposed to have my graduation on Friday, and then I was supposed to do my graduation on Friday, fly out to Las Vegas that next Saturday on the 23rd, but obviously, because of this coronavirus, that's all just gone to hell. Well, congratulations, buddy. I'm incredibly proud of you for finishing school. Um, we're going to we're gonna have to celebrate it nice and nice and big whenever all this is said and done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Brandon and I will come back together. We'll do another match commentary watch along uh, the next couple of days. we just got to figure that out, coordinated with him. Thank you guys so much. And as always, stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, and stay quarantined. This has been the broadcast. Thank you for listening.